This is Defenders TV Podcast, episode 63, and we're talking about Daredevil, season 2, episode 8, Guilty as Sin. Welcome back, Defenders, to Defenders TV Podcast, episode 63, where we're on to Daredevil, season 2, episode 8, Guilty as Sin. I'm one of your hosts, Derek. I'm your other host, Chris. And we're not joined by John, unfortunately. Although there is a rumor that he has sent in 12 minutes of feedback about this episode, uh, which we will be including in our feedback later on in the episode. Yes, John, unfortunately, is in Serbia again uh, with a bit of work, unfortunately. So he has missed out on this wonderful episode of Daredevil and also on Captain America Civil War. Poor week to go away. Oh, I'm telling you. <laughs> not, not good. Not good at all. Uh, yet we did record a little uh, Captain America Civil War spoiler-free review. Uh, if you haven't heard that, you'll get that in our feed just by subscribing at DefendersTVPodcast.com slash iTunes or by finding us on any other good podcast catcher. Just search Defenders TV Podcast over on any good podcast catcher, as I said, like Podcast Addict, Beyond Pod. So, Chris, we're back with this episode of Daredevil. Yay! Yay! I get the feeling from the reaction when I put up our little spoiler post over on our Facebook group. Uh, I get the feeling that a lot of people have been waiting for us to see this episode. I I, I, I got that feeling too. Yeah? Just slightly. I, guys, you made your point clear that you enjoyed this episode too. <laughs> yeah, do you think there was a moment on the first day when some of our listeners were binging the episode that they went, Oh, 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 oh my God, wow, uh, who can I talk to about this? Oh no, oh no, I can't spoil this for months. I think it's like the Red Wedding in, uh, in Game of Thrones. But they've been good thank you so much you and there was no spoilers so i was happy i was very happy and impressed going in i was like oh okay yeah yeah i was i I must admit yeah i haven't hadn't heard anything about this at all um so really delighted to see it but we're not going to go into that just yet we'll go into it after we go through our our notes and i'm sure it comes up as one of our points but you know what we're talking about because this is our spoiler filled discussion of daredevil season two episode eight this episode was written by Whit Anderson, uh, first-time writer for Daredevil. She's uh, hasn't written any episodes before, but does write uh, episode ten of this of this series. So we must be on the writer staff for the show. Uh, the episode was directed by Michael Uppendahl, who's directed episodes of Fargo and American Horror Story. I think I could see some of the bloodiness coming into this uh, this episode did, of the did, show. This was yeah. This was again the Red Wedding. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, definitely. Lots, lots of uh, lots of claret spilt in this episode, definitely. And in the absence of John for the second time in this season of daredevil i'm doing the synopsis again this week (laughs) (laughs) guys honestly it's not because i'm lazy it's just you do not want to hear me enunciate (laughs) like and i can't get john's vocal dulcet tones down perfectly i can't either i can't get his liverpudlian accent ever no i but you're better than me just be honest about this. My uh, sometimes I go quite high pitched when I talk like this, and I get really <laughs> excited, as our listeners know. So uh, they probably don't want that journal synopsis. Wait for that journal discussion points. I like it. I yes, like it. Yes. So, Derek, please, can you gently, in your beautiful Irish tones, give us the synopsis for this episode, season two, episode eight of Daredevil, aka Guilty of Sin. <laughs> I love that you're keeping the the AKA still in there, yeah, Chris. Yeah, nice. I have to. <laughs> sure. As Daredevil and Electra are attacked over the vast hole found in the middle of Hell's Kitchen, Matt's former teacher Stick returns to help them out. 
After slaughtering his way through red-clad ninjas using swords and a crossbow, he aids the severely wounded Electra and reveals the secret he's held from Matt all these years. The red-clad ninjas are a force called the Hand, and he, along with Electra, work in a group called the Chase, who provide the last line of defence against them as they massacre their way across the globe. Upon hearing Matt confess his true feelings for her, Electra leaves Styx War behind her to join Daredevil full-time. Meanwhile, as Foggy and Karen try their best to justify Frank Castle's actions in court, the Punisher explodes in the witness box and changes his plea to guilty of all crimes, and he liked it. On his arrival at his new maximum security home, Frank is ushered in and is welcomed by the prison's top dog. Derek, I've been waiting bated breath to talk about this episode Uh since the second I watched it. Come on, so this prison's... Top dog. Uh-huh. 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 Wow. Wow. Welcome yeah. back, Vincent D'Onofrio. Welcome back, the kingpin, to the world of Daredevil. I, I, I don't know. I just didn't put two and two together. I feel so stupid uh, that this is where it was aiming for. This was a freak, freaking great surprise for me. I uh-huh. did not see this coming. Um, Like, I'll get into it in one of my points, but mm-hmm. just wow. Absolutely. And Chris... I have to say, in one of your theories uh, earlier on in the season, you had set up the idea that Daredevil would be in prison with Wilson Fisk. You didn't mention it was Frank Castle going to be in there. Yeah, and know. what he's in there for, we don't know. We don't know. Uh, so, listeners, if this is your first time joining us for our Daredevil podcast, the way we cover our episodes is we discuss our top five points of the episode, maybe some notes, uh, and discuss whether we defend the episode or not, hopefully covering all of our, all the points we want to discuss about the episode as we go. Uh, we only watch the episodes uh, after recording our podcast of the previous episode, but we can watch those episodes as many times as we want to. Chris, how many times did you watch this episode? I, a baker's dozen? <laughs> I, know, I know the feeling. I know the feeling. I think John watched it three times uh, and unfortunately isn't here. Uh, I watched it I watched it four um, just for this episode. So uh, yeah, really, I, I, really I went for it. 15. It's fine. <laughs> I, I can now quote every line. Good stuff. Well, do you want to kick us off with your first point then? Okay. Well, typically with these types of points, I would go, spoiler warning! But if you've listened to this up to now, we kind of got into it. Mm-hmm. Fisk is back! I know. Uh, what a cool scene. Th- this was like, this was the, the, the episode where all the se- season one came back to haunt poor Matt. Like, okay, well, no, not to haunt Matt, but maybe to haunt us. But, uh, you know what I mean. <laughs> Um, there was an element of this where I was a bit like, which is, I got, I was trying to wonder why Matt wasn't pressing harder about, uh, Frank being blackmailed by okay. that, by, by the, the guard, which we can talk about more in a bit. Mm-hmm. But, and like the guard basically threatening him. And then Frank's outburst, and he only kind of brought it up when he was outside with Froggy and Karen. But now I know why. This was done as a kind of, this was done as a plot device okay. to bring, to get him into jail, to bring back this character. Because um, it was like, it, it's obvious even to Matt that like Frank's being manipulated. But mm-hmm. I wasn't, I, I thought it was going to be the D, like this was a full on surprise to me. Up until we saw the wait, uh, like I was like, it's going to be the DA like something it's going to be another gang like i always wanted donofrio back i wanted fist back mm-hmm. but 
it's amazing to see that he actually is the one pulling the strings behind the bars, literally. <laughs> Absolutely. Um, if, like, I'm, I'm going to go out on a limb. Again, the plot theories and we'll then we'll do our back and forth on this. Mm-hmm. I think that uh, Fisk threatened Frank and said that he'd kind of kill or maim Karen. Oh, interesting. If he didn't do this. Because at the moment, probably the only person Frank has a connection to is Karen. Mm, yeah. So that's kind of where I was like going, oh, okay. But um, more to the point, if you had a kind of told me that in one episode in season two, we would have got stick, the hand, fisk, plus season two people. Mm-hmm. I was like, yeah, that that's like, for me, that would be like uh, Bats v Superman. It's like right. too many characters, too much yeah. happening. Uh, <laughs> this is not the case. Exactly. This exactly. was done in a very, the, I, I'm giving for one, for once, I'm giving the, the, not for once. I, I say that a lot, but I didn't actually mean it. The screen, the the, the episode writers mm-hmm. plus the overall show writers. So in the writers' room, and then the showrunner did this in a way that they weave this web with from points of season one into season two. In season one, when they didn't even know they were going to have a season two, mm-hmm. they weaved all these beautiful elements together, and they got it into a story that felt organic. Yep. Not rushed. Uh, just, it worked so well. And this was, so remember we were talking about it earlier as well. I was saying that part, the first four episodes was part one. Mm-hmm. Uh, so that was part one. That was all about Punisher. Yep. The next four episodes was about Lecture. Mm-hmm. So that's, this is her arc. And now what we're getting in the next four to five is. The, the third act before the finale. Yeah, yeah. And they did this well. They, they, they're going with, but none of it feels forced. It's not like, okay, we're done with this story, now moving on, and we're done with the story. It was, again, I say, well, it flowed. I'm yeah. kind of tripping over my words here because I think it was actually, it was something I loved. And this, this was just a fantastic episode. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. And I love, I love the fact that we get, only get Wilson first for a couple of seconds at the end of the episode. I love that he stands up and his line to Frank is, "I see you got my message." Um, that's fascinating. What a fascinating way to leave off the episode. What's the message? Did Frank plan all this? Did Frank plan to send himself to prison so that he could take out the kingpin? Is he going to be working with the kingpin? Is he going to be sent back out to slaughter Daredevil by the kingpin? Is that what's going to happen? Oh. Awesome. Some great, great moments. Are they going to be? Is it? Is it Punisher? Versus Kingpin or Punisher and Kingpin. I'm, I'm really intrigued to see what happens. Ooh, uh, that there. would be very cool. Yeah, yeah. Very, Ooh. very interested to see. Okay. So we've now heard my gushing about Fisk uh-huh. yeah. and my, the plots and the writers. Derek, can you give me your first point? <laughs> well, you took us to the end. I'm taking you right back to the start because we have ninjas. Everything's Yay! better with ninjas, Chris. It really is. <laughs> ninjas with throwing stars. Absolutely. Just just an awesome moment right at the start as Daredevil is wondering what's going on because he can't hear anything. These are proper ninjas. They're they're disguising themselves uh, in, the, in their sounds and their movement just like ninjas are supposed to do. They're not supposed to be able to be heard. Uh, and I love that it's Electra that gives them the tip. If you listen for their swords cutting through the air, you'll be able to identify where they are. And from that point onwards, then Daredevil's able to fight against them. But really good. I love 
love again. I think we saw this with uh, with Daredevil's team up with Punisher. We now see his proper team up with Elektra and Stick here, uh, and he's doing the same thing again. He's telling Elektra, "Don't kill anybody. Stop trying to stab people and kill them." Uh, and then she gets stabbed for that yeah. for that uh, for, because she stopped uh, yeah. attacking. And in comes Stick and takes out two guys, stabs one through the stomach and throws them off into the hole. You know, um, it, it feels like Matt is losing, is fighting a losing battle in this in this opening sequence. It feels like he's trying to tell everybody not to kill each other uh, and they're all just going about doing it. So I don't know whether Matt will ever win that battle with anybody else. Um, but this opening sequence I thought was fantastic. We had ninja stars flying around. Obviously, that moment with Electra getting stabbed, I thought was fantastic. I think uh, I think Elodie Young does a great job uh, in that scene of selling the pain, uh, <laughs> I must say. Uh, but yeah, then then we we lead into. Can I take the next point as well? Go go uh, for it. Go for it. Just because it's the kind of opening of the episode, we get to see the car drive uh, being followed oh. by ninjas. That is so cool. Yes. Um, so cool. Somewhat disbelief bending. Because mm-hmm. I keep bringing up on my second, my first viewing was like, but it's, it, it's a blinking. If you miss it, they're actually, they're, they're not all the same ninjas. These are not superhuman ninjas running at the yeah. same speed of a car. Yeah. And that was the bit I was like, Oh my God. Uh, the car looks like the black beauty from Green Hornet. Did you notice that? I thought that as well. Yes, I, was trying to think, I knew did you I, would. <laughs> yeah. I was trying to think that I recognize it from the comics. I was wondering, is there a, a driver of stick that I just can't? I can't place in my head is does he have a driver that that drives him round or something because it it seemed to be placed there for me to get it and I just didn't get it when I watched the episodes no. I really should have should have googled that but listeners you can always send us feedback to feedback at defenderstvpodcast.com and tell me how wrong I am that yeah. I should know this character uh, please do but what made the scene so cool is obviously uh, a, a, another different type of fight we haven't had a, a fight on a moving car before uh, we've got ninjas dropping out of the sky being shaken off by um by the driver we've got uh, one attaching himself to the door who's uh, who's punched in the face by matt uh, but that was cool. amazing it was like maddie i'm on it yeah <laughs> so cool but even more awesome is as i mentioned in my synopsis stick with a crossbow oh it's so cool because obviously he's blind. So it, he, he doesn't do the look over his shoulder, try and point to fire. He just ca- casually places the crossbow over his shoulder, shoots one guy. The car flips around on its side and he does another, he takes out another guy. Uh, there's a ninja dropping out of the, dropping off a car, jumping down onto their car. He takes him out with a crossbow. Yep. It's cool. Yeah. As I said, the second watching for me made that better. Mm-hmm. The first one, I was like, ah, I don't get... It. So, listeners, if you are if you get a chance, go back and watch this episode. Mm-hmm. And kind of, or hopefully you're watching along with it, maybe. If you haven't, if you've been watched it already, and then you're watching along as you go. But it, just watch that one scene. It's so good. But from a, even a cinematography point of view, mm-hmm. like the, the, the shots when they were doing... You would expect that they would have done the kind of, you know, when the car uh, slides into a stop. Yeah. And then you see the shoot shots of like the stick with the crossbow. You would expect them to do like a, a kind of super close zoom in, kind of like ee. No, like a Quentin Tarantino. Yeah, kind of exactly. Yeah. But they got they did better. They made they kept it Netflix Marvel. They mm-hmm. kept it to that style. I was really impressed by it. Yeah, yeah, certainly. That was definitely one of my favorite moments of the episode, uh, Chris. Do you want to take us on to your next point? Oh, we just talked about ninjas. I'm bringing it in. Come on. 
the hand are back, mm-hmm. the hand Absolutely. is back. Okay, it wasn't a giant hand coming out of the hole, but it was <laughs> it was a hand running around the hole. I kind of was right the last you episode. You were almost right. You oh, were almost right. It just it didn't come out as so much come down and around. So, mm-hmm. okay. Um, <laughs> so, okay, yeah. For listeners, if you don't understand what I'm talking about and you're just joining us, go back to my crazy theories about what was in the hole for in our last episode of mm-hmm. a review. So, the hand. Uh, I just had to kind of do a bit of a... Kind of, I, I just want to. If any of your listeners are not aware of the kind of backstory of the hand, I just want to give a bit of the comic book backstory, uh, and then I'm going to go into kind of what uh, I was expecting about the hand in this, and then uh, Derek, I want your views on it. Sure. So uh, it was back actually by our the ever lovable Frank Miller uh, when he was doing Daredevil back in 1981. He introduced the hand via I think it was Daredevil one seven four one seven five. I need to double check that. Um, and then since then, they've kind of been, anytime there's a ninja needed, it's the hand mm-hmm. in the Mar- right. in Marvel. It's like, oh, ninja, it's the hand. Uh, yeah. but they've also been a pretty big antagonist for, um, for Matt himself. Mm-hmm. And then because we've got Electra now, Electra's whole history in the comic books is inextricably kind of tied to the hand as well, especially more recently. I'm not going to give away things because I think it might pertain to this series now. Now that I'm starting right. to see pieces fall into place, I'm like, oh no, I my my stupid comic book knowledge is getting in the way of my enjoyment. <laughs> um, but anyway, so they're, they're she's very very much tied as well, um, and they well the one thing I the the, the bit that I actually we just talked about the ninjas in the hole. Mm-hmm. The the heartbeat. He said that he couldn't hear their heartbeat. Right, yes. So, not only do we have ninjas and the hand, we have ninjas, the hand, and the undead ninjas. That's very cool. <laughs> Come very on, true. it's just like... <gasps> <laughs> uh-huh. uh, and then, beautifully, we get this amazing story from Stick. When he's telling mm-hmm. Matt the, the story behind the hand. And yes, it varies differently, slightly from the comic books, which I'm, I'm okay with. Because this mm-hmm. gave it a bit more of a realistic uh, je ne sais quoi to, to the Daredevil myth mythos. So the mysterious black sky from season one was mm-hmm. mentioned again in this episode. And that too is now tied to the history of, uh, of, of the hand. And yes. I have some theories, but we'll we'll go into that in a le- uh, into a later point. Um, I have some theories now. Okay, interesting. Anyway, ninjas, cool. Uh, uh-huh. A dead, a death worshiping cult called the Hand, full of ninjas, cool. Yes. Um, faithful in a, a way to uh, its comic book origins, mm-hmm. uh, in a good way, while grounding it in reality. Yep. Um and undead ninjas, yeah, undead ninjas. <laughs> I forgot about that. Everything's better with undead. Yeah, ninjas. exactly. Uh, oh, absolutely. No, really good. Really good to see the hand on here. Uh, really good to see that they that they're kind of keeping to the origin story a little bit, uh, but obviously making it a bit a bit easier, I suppose, and, and more easily penetratable, I suppose, for people that don't know the comic books. There are definitely a lot of non comic book readers that watch this show, so uh, so probably easier to boil it down into one speech from Stick. And um, what I did like about that speech from Stick, I'll just jump in here with a little bit yep. of a point from me. What I did love about his speech 
features that we do here. Um, just, just, a, just the sound design of the scene. I don't think I've ever talked about the sound design in the episode, but we do hear things like the clashing of swords as he's speaking, yeah. uh, which I think adds a great touch. There was a moment where I was thinking it was just gonna, it was gonna cut back to um, a medieval scene or maybe a Japanese feudal scene or something like that, where it was going to cut back to um, some kind of historical scene where they were going to insert it showing the rise of the hand and the rise of the chaste. But they didn't do it. They just left it to Scott Glenn's voice and some great sound design, which I thought was a great choice. Pause. Yep. Yeah, no, and it was. You're correct. The the simplification, it was done in a good way. I think it was less simplification, more grounding in reality. Mm -hmm. And that's what I enjoyed. The one thing I'm going to put in now... This is my mm-hmm. uh, my one of my new bets for the next couple of episodes. Okay, love these. The, our original ninja in red is dead. We now have undead ninjas. Uh huh. I'm just saying. I'm just are we, saying. Are we, are we going to get Nobu Nobu back? I, I, I nah. They they do seem to be setting it up really really well. Yeah. I must say, uh, if he's coming back, and I I really do hope he does. He tore Matt to shreds yeah. uh, last season in their in their big battle. Um, I'm I'd be excited to see what Matt thinks when uh, an undead version of Nobu walks back into the room <laughs> to fight against him. Are you unkillable? Please go away. <laughs> yeah, I really love how uh, how Stick explained that as well. Um, another another great moment from Scott Glenn where it's uh, where it's going. You don't believe in reincarnation. Aren't you a Catholic? Isn't that what your entire oh, faith so is based good. on? <laughs> that was good. Yeah, really, really enjoyed that. Uh, yeah, but will we see Nobu back? Yeah, that'll be really exciting. No, no, I think so. I think I think they're setting it up, but I don't think it'll be in a gimmicky way. So I, I, I'm kind of impressed with it. So Derek, on that note of another undead potentially big return and my bet for this se- one of these parts, big plot points of the season. Mm-hmm. What is your next point? My next point is the conversation between Electra and Matt. Um, yeah, really kind of interesting stuff happening here. The Obviously, the reveal from Stick that Electra was working uh, with him um, was big enough. If you don't know the comic books, I suppose, I think I, I kind of expected that that would be the connection. There'd be something there. But the reveal of Electra that uh, Matt was only a mission to her um, to begin with was, was a much bigger reveal and much more heartfelt um, it really did kind of pull the rug out from under Matt. Kind of, it surprised me quite significantly. Uh, I must say, watching it, um, just the, the realization that that was that was a whole planned moment at the party when Matt walked up to her to share a drink with her, where she was just palming him off, um, and it, it, she do- totally felt at the time like a character that was just ignoring Matt because he didn't fit in her social circles. But she did a great job, pulled him on board pulled him away from all of his friends, led him down the path that Stick always wanted him to go down. Uh, and now she tells him that he was just a mission at the time, but she fell in love with him. Um, thought that was a really interesting scene and a really good uh, really good moment for Electra. You all know, all the listeners, if you're if anybody listened to me in my ramblings before, I don't like tropes or cliches. <laughs> that is a somewhat overly used one as well. The gorgeous woman who seduces a man, well, it was always a plan. This... This again didn't. F- I think this comes to the background that they spent time giving background to the character. So absolutely that flashback episode where we were a bit like not much happened. If they hadn't have done that episode, mm-hmm. it wouldn't have allowed the emotion to feed and drip into this episode. Yes, totally agree. I think the the assertion from Electra that she did fall in love with him, we could see that. We could definitely see there are moments of genuine affection between the two 
uh, the two characters. So, uh, so yeah, it was a, kind of a big reveal here in the episode. And then obviously Matt revealing his feelings to her and saying, you know, I believe there's good in you. Um, she gives everything up and says, well, then I'm joining your side because no one's ever believed there's something good in me. And then the first thing she does is kill a ninja <laughs> right in front of Matt yeah. and goes, eh, but this is me. Do you still want me? Um, I think there's the relationship between these two is, is fractious at best. Uh, but definitely interesting and really exciting to watch. Um, there's 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 definitely some crazy in there in Electra, regardless of what's been going on. She's uh, it it's like as if I don't know. It's like as if if anybody watches Arrow, um, it's like as if she's just returned from the Lazarus Pit and she's going all no, kinds of crazy. No, 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 um, I'm not, I'm not allowing like. that DC reference. Not here, not now. <laughs> I do. I love Arrow and I love Flash, but not here, not now. This is Marvel. And I made an Arrow reference. I know. Yeah, I'm even impressed by that. <laughs> I think it was it was very well written. The delivery by the two actors was significantly better than I, I, we talked just about there about the kind of like so setting this up. It was that was perfect. Mm-hmm. If they if they weren't careful, this could have like even with the best of actors, if it wasn't written well, it it could have just come off like cheesy. If um the actors weren't the strongest of actors. Because mm-hmm. up until now, these two actors are somewhat—they're—they're they're famous. They're not hugely famous. They're somewhat—if you want to call it—somewhat kind of coming up to. Absolutely, yeah, yeah, um, absolutely. But they are amazing. Like you feel the, the, the you can kind of feel the empathy and the the emotion from the two of them when they did this. And I think it was probably a good scene when they were filming. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They ended it amazingly, as you said, with that death. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that's going to cause huge repercussions. But I think one of the um the only they they should have potentially drove j- driven this out longer. Just okay. like, can you imagine just seeing then like the one more fight? Give it another fight, right? Mm-hmm. Or if they hadn't have had Electra cut the guy, right? We could have got one more fight. Where she's then battling her own against her own self, and she, Matt doesn't have to yell at her to stop killing someone. Yeah. Uh, and then, then we get a bit more another fight, and then that's where she kills someone, and then that's a this is who I am. I think that it could have been drawn out a bit more. Yeah, yeah, maybe, maybe. Um, I, I, I don't know. I think that is who Electra is. I think yeah, she's okay. going to resist, uh, going to be resisting killing anybody. I think that's very, very difficult for her, especially if there's a knife at hand, <laughs> um, which, which we saw the, uh, saw the knife placed on the table by Stick early on. So, um, so it was coming back uh, definitely <laughs> yeah, later on. That, that was, it was a very obvious. This is going to be important. <laughs> Absolutely. Remember that knife that's over there. The ninja's going to be uh, facing there. We're going to be facing away from that table later on in the episode. Yeah. Uh, no, no. I must say, just really like, really like the scene. And again, love these two actors together. They're uh, they're working really, really well. Uh, one other note that I had later on for the episode, yeah. but it is just for this moment here. When Karen comes over to the house and uh, finds, <laughs> yeah. finds uh, another woman that she's never heard of in Matt's bed and uh, an old guy standing in the in the main room, what was she thinking? I, 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 <laughs> What's going on? They, this was some weird menage a trois situation. <laughs> I think I can get away with saying that because I'm using the French. Uh, yes, uh, yeah, yes. thank you. Um, yeah, that was yeah, that actually kind of was one of my points as well. Just uh, your note right. was one of my points, like. Right. What the hell? <laughs> it's literally it is the beginning of a joke. 
I think I think Karen was just walking in, going, "Oh, just don't even tell me. Yeah, I don't want to know anymore. Like, You're out of my life. I, I don't care what what's actually <laughs> happening here." Yeah, a girlfriend <laughs> walks into a, a, a bedroom with a blind man, a, a bandaged woman, and a man in a tracksuit. Yeah, and she doesn't know that he's Daredevil, obviously, yeah. so can never explain it. No, <laughs> but I, anyway. I thought that was going to happen. I thought mm-hmm. that was the big reveal there. Um, also, what a dick was Stick to let her in. It's it's Stick. It yeah, rhymes with it. We said it all last season. Yeah, I know. Okay, yeah, fair <laughs> That's his character. He'll totally let her in. It'll piss off Matt. Yeah. How awesome is that? Um, <laughs> Maybe he'll leave behind his friends and go and join the join the chase, Jesse. Yeah. <laughs> okay, hold on. So there, another another note. Mm-hmm. Cast, chast, chased. They they pronounce it three different ways in one episode. I was like, "Come on, people, give me just give, <laughs> make, a, make decision. a decision." And like, I know, like they're all supposed to be have different accents and stuff. Like one raised in New York, one raised in Asia, and one raised in Greece. But right. come on, it doesn't vary that much. <laughs> I go. I would say cast. Right. What, what right. would you say? I, I I'm going for sticks chased. Okay. 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 I think it was stick that said chased. Yeah. But yes. Yeah. 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 Okay. But I I think it is cast. Uh, to be honest, now that you're now that you're pointing, yeah, out, I think like it is cast. C H A S because chased would be C H A S E T E, whereas it's it's spelled C H A S T E. So that's cast because you get the from the C H. And this episode of uh, Sesame Street was brought to you by the letter. <laughs> the letter. <laughs> anyway, um, sorry. Yeah. So that that as we said, this led into my point about Karen. Mm-hmm. Um, what's this going to do to the character? To the character or the relationship? See, well, we know she's fragile. She has dark, ominous things <laughs> in the background. Well, that, maybe, but I I think she's just totally given up on Matt. I think that's that's absolutely true what happens in this episode. Um that's it. She's kinda done. Um Foggy's kinda done. And that's where the relationship's gonna go. We've only got five episodes left of the season, remember. So uh, there's not going to be a huge amount of time to explore this relationship too much further. Um I, I think we're gonna see the breakup. They'll they probably will get back together or else it's just gonna go wild and uh they will not see Matt again. He's gonna go full blown blown daredevil, you know? Um but yeah, I think that I'm sure we're going to see more of Karen, but I don't know whether she cares um, enough to let it affect her. I think she's going to be focused on the castle side of things now, uh, going to let herself be involved in potentially trying to get him out of prison or something else. So I am I have a bit of a different opinion in that okay. I think this is going to very much negatively affect her and she'll throw herself into the castle stuff side of things. She potentially, do we see a foggy... Karen rekindling of romance maybe, question maybe. mark so we get another triangle I think you're right that this this is within 24 hours of uh, the TV show or the 24 hours of the TV show the calendar if you want to call it that or time we we, we saw the, the full disintegration of a fledgling romance mm-hmm. which was fine it was good when I had it and it led to the plots and it was fine but I think you're talking you're talking about murder here right murder yes yeah. I mean Marin. Hashtag Marin forever, forever, ever, ever, ever. Um, so no, I think this would, this is another one of these. So she's killed and that tipped mm-hmm. her a bit. Her friend was killed and that tipped her a bit. We know she has the dark 
background that's t- tipped her a lot. The I think this castle piece of him going to prison is going to tip her a bit further. And then right. I think this part is going to tip her a bit more. Obviously, this right. is the breakup. I think, I think they're building up to this explosion of Karen. In like in the, sorry, not explosion, implosion, if you want to call it that. I think that's what they're setting up. We've, we've, right. but we've all talked about it in other episodes. We've alluded to the characters' background in the comic books and, but they, they're doing it now well. Like we talked about, don't, like we got, we did get annoyed by her in season one slightly kind of being Karen. You did, <laughs> I yeah. I did, I'm not even gonna lie. She, this was a good. That was the royal we. That was the royal we. We decided that we didn't like her very much. <laughs> I, I think that this is where they're bringing it. And I think they're doing it in the right way. Um, mm-hmm. I think we'll get another proper fight and break up for Karen. And I think this is what's going to start tipping her more and more and taking more risks, more stupid risks that she really shouldn't. As, yep. uh, as a, she's not even a legal secretary. She's just a secretary or a receptionist, depending mm-hmm. on what you want to call it. She's not a legal piece, but she's trying to become one. And it, yeah, but I think this is what's going to drag her down. And I think this is, I don't know. This weird menage a trois. I, I'm trying to decide if it's a good, uh, final nail in the coffin. It's not like, it's not the straw that breaks the camel's back, mm. but I think it's close. I think, well, I think the, the case itself probably yeah. is something to do with that. And that kind of leads me on to my next point and partially kind of answers a little bit of a question for you there. Okay. It's Karen's decision to put Frank on the, on the, in the witness yep. chair. Right, that's her decision. She's the one that talks Frank into it. Foggy seems to not know anything about it. Matt hasn't been in court for the entire time, so he obviously didn't know anything about it. Um, is this another one of Karen's poor decisions? Yes. Is this is this a decision of her that she shouldn't have taken if Frank wasn't on, uh, wasn't in the witness stand? Well, would he have made the same decision? Um, it sounds like he was being pushed into it, uh, but we don't know when um, when the police officer talked to him about it told him that he to to throw the case effectively um we don't know when that conversation happened uh, whether it was only because karen made the choice to push him into the witness chair or not uh, that that's kind of a, a, a question or a rhetorical question really um for me but yes the loss of the case because of frank's outburst in the courtroom uh, i think that could be another one of the nails in the coffin here um the fact that she believes matt could have done a better job um, that if Matt had been involved in the case, this wouldn't have happened. Uh, if he'd questioned Frank properly, it wouldn't have happened. Um, so I think that might be the might be the extra nail on top of the uh, on top of seeing the menage a trois. <laughs> we keep calling. I do. I think we have to we have to allude to it, but obviously we don't want to get a uh, an or rating. So I think we can get away with this by yeah. saying menage a trois. Excellent. Actually, I didn't think of her. The, the castle mishap as being her fault until you've just mentioned there, but that does make sense. And it actually is. So she is driving the downfall of not just Matt, but she's driving the downfall of Frank Castle. Well, let me, let me say her, her decision was the wrong decision to put him on the witness chair. Frank Castle seems to have made a very specific decision here to reveal whatever it is that he's now revealed or what he said on, on, on there. That is another one of my points. I'm going to talk about Good. it uh, now, if that's all right. Um, absolutely love this scene there's a we talked about it on last week's podcast where you you see these kind of shows that do um courtroom scenes courtroom dramas there's always these moments where they bring someone out of the past and they tell you how great the person was when they were in the army or whatever it may be uh, great character witnesses come out 
they have this great scene in the episode where they have Frank's former commander who comes out and gives all the explanation in the world why this guy can't be the murderer that everybody's saying that he is. Um, you've got Reyes going, well, how do you know? You who, How do you know this story was actually true? Oh, it turns out he was the person that Frank um, stopped from leading everybody down the wrong path. Great moments, great moments. And then you have Frank Castle stepping up, taking the stand and saying, I did it, I'd do it again, and I'm happy about it. I liked it. Um, totally throwing everything they've tried to do under the bus. Great moment. Totally unexpected for me. Didn't didn't uh, expect that at all. Another great twist in this episode. Yeah, although I think when he, it would have been slightly better if he goes, I was that officer, and then turned. Because as soon as he said that, I was looking at his two arms. I was like, going, which, 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 is he wearing prosthetic? Or... Mm-hmm. Is it because the camera angle just didn't allow the the look of True. to see which one was slightly gone? So what mm-hmm. he, he had to, so I was like going, it would have been much better if he had it gone because, and then he takes off his jacket and he's just missing the arm. Ah, uh, no, no, I don't think that would be any better, Chris. But that would have been better. Like that would have been, but like obviously that's more like kind of yeah. Okay, I know. Okay, as I say this, I'm going. Yeah, no, that wouldn't have been better. That wouldn't have worked. But it would have been fun. Let's just leave it out. It would have been fun. And I was that last man. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Um. Exactly. That would be brilliant. <laughs> there you go. Uh, Chris, do you have a, a final point? I do. I want to talk about the cast. Mm-hmm. We got Stick back. I'm so happy. I love that mm-hmm. character. Um, and I, I love the way he's portrayed in this series. Certainly. Scott Glenn is phenomenal. He's really, part. really well. And the, 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 the even the prosthetic, the, the, actually, going back to the discussion where they were talking about the, the hand when they were telling the story, uh, Stick and Matt, the two mm-hmm. of them play amazing blind people. Oh, wow, yes. The emotion that they portray without moving their eyes, looking at a single spot, like mm-hmm. acting blind, was that was an amazing physical acting if you want to call it that yeah I, I totally agree with you there's a moment where you realize that the two of them are not looking at each other at all and haven't for a number of minutes yeah. um, which is something you'd never see on tv no um you'd see at least one of the characters and we, we mentioned it last season where um where charlie cox had said when he was doing the first couple of episodes of daredevil uh he wouldn't look anybody in the eye he'd look them in the mouth uh, and all of his other actors would find that a really weird thing because they'd always want to catch his eye. Um, but he's trying to avoid it, you know. And now you have two characters doing that at the same time on, on screen. And it is a little, it's a little disconcerting um, watching it uh, for an entire scene because y- you obviously forget that the two of them are blind. On many occasions, they, they show that they're vastly better than a sighted person, um, you know. And he's uh, so better than Daredevil, who has yeah. supernatural or superhuman abilities. He's better than Matt, and he's blind from birth compared to mm-hmm. Matt, who was given super heroic powers uh, for, yeah. with the, uh, seeing the world on fire. Um, but my God, that wow. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Brilliant performance again. Really, really enjoyed it. Well, yeah, so I actually wanted to talk, not so much about Stick, but more about the, the, the cast, um, because... We're going to see more. It looks like we're going to see more of them now. And we got their origin, which is cool. Um, for our really geeky listeners as well, much like myself, their first appearance came in Daredevil 187, I'm going to say. Okay. So about, about 10 issues after hand. Exactly. Wow. So literally it was introduction of the hand. Uh, and then we got the introduction of stick. 
So like this is we're kind of getting it the same in we're getting Frank Miller's version again here uh, to a degree. Mm-hmm. So in the uh, MCU, this Netflix MCU or the whatever we want to call it, um, uh-huh. these are they're they're more kind of grounded, but in the comic books, the the cast is this full on mystical martial arts enclave. Um, right. which wasn't founded by Stick, but was led by Stick. It was founded by a different guy called Izo. Um, yes. and they interesting. So I know he does mention that there's that the chaste or, or the cast is founded by someone thousands of years ago as well, doesn't he? He does. He does mention it's founded by a child. Yes. So um, who... hopefully, um, we will get to see the this Izo is that child because in theory he still mm. lives in the comic books to a degree, uh, in some form or another. The the people at the very end of the episode where we see him talk about, let's go back to the wall. Um, mm-hmm. That is actually directly pulled from the comics. The wall is probably is not the name of a really cool rock climbing experience in the MCU. <laughs> it's literally this, their base, which is on a sheer cliff, which is too high for like the average person to, uh, and too, too sheer to, for the average person to climb. And it was their right of initiation is that you can, Kind of, if you can scale this wall, you become part of it. Become part of the very cast. interesting. What I'm happy. This is what's got me more interested. In why I'm trying to. I'm very badly getting to my point. Um, <laughs> do you remember how we saw the big scary guy talking to Stick in season one? To Stone. Stone. Yes. So we've seen Stone. Mm-hmm. We know Stick. They they brought in the full cast. Literally the full cast of the cast. <laughs> Uh, so will we get other members of the cast as well? So, and who was that? Which of the members was it who was driving the car? So I, I, I'm telling you, as I said, listeners, you send us in your feedback because I know I'm supposed to know that character. Um, yeah. There's something about the driver that I should know. No. I know you're going to go into it, Chris, but I do like the line from Stick where he says, uh, let's get away from these amateurs. It's time to get the band back together. So there's even more powerful folks we haven't even seen yet that are on their way. Oh, yeah. No, full on. We've got The Claw. We've got Flame. We've got uh, Shaft. We've got Star. We've got Stick. We've got Stone. We've got Wing. Like that's Was that John, John Shaft? No. Shaft! Really <laughs> Can you dig good. it? Oh, yeah. Uh, that would be amazing. <laughs> oh, my God. And they could bring back Samuel L. Jackson as Shaft. There you go. <laughs> that would be like... There you go. How- Nick Fury isn't hiding a Shaft and uh, working for the cast. Oh, my God. That would be amazing. But, yeah, no, so, like, there's a lot more other characters, and that's why I'm really interested to see. Mm-hmm. Because I, as far as I'm aware, there's no big person who's been kind of... I haven't... The one thing I've been very careful about is going and looking through the the cast of the television series of the show mm-hmm. on IMDb. Cause I don't yeah. want to know who else is like, cause they'll, they'll actually name someone as stick stone kind of, yeah. etc. So I want to be very careful of that. So my gut telling me we'll get like maybe two or three others mm-hmm. and then like, but which are they? So like claw has like claws. Surprise, surprise. Um, uh-huh. Shaft is a, an archer fires, a pyrokinetic, uh, kind of monkey type, Depends if you found him as like a monkey type kind of um, fighter with like an iron fist, but instead of an iron fist, he has like fire. And he's a pyro. He right, can control it. Wing can fly, obviously. Um, mm-hmm. So this is all nice, cool people in there. So could we actually? We have Wing. Okay. Mm-hmm. You've all heard my bugbears about not having a character full on fly 
in this Netflix this Netflix universe. If we get wink, did you hear that, listener? Chris agrees. Jessica Jones does not fly. We just no. Yes, thanks, excuse Chris. me. Excuse me. Excuse me. I said we have not seen her fly. We've not seen someone fly. We saw her okay. kind of fly. Okay, moving uh, on. God damn it! I'm going to pay for that one. <laughs> anyway, I'm hoping we can see that because that could be a full on amazing, cool kind of thing. Um, mm-hmm. So I'm really, I'm really intrigued. We've got, as I said, five more episodes. Uh, I'm wondering if some of this stuff is setting up uh, Daredevil season three. Is it setting up? defenders are we not going to see stick again was that his one and only appearance in this episode or are we going to see a full-on battle a full-on war with the hand versus the cast uh towards the end of the season it's really exciting to think of uh, of some even other characters or even more powerful or spiritual or supernatural characters coming into the the daredevil universe in uh in on netflix it's really interesting to think yeah of. Uh, again we've got five episodes i i and we've just got Fisk back. I don't know if... I mm-hmm. think you're right. I think this might be setting up the Defenders. This, but wouldn't it be cool oh, if it, it wasn't, wasn't? If it was like so next episode. <laughs> It'd be like, let's get the band back together. It cuts and he yep. goes... Literally, the first scene is like them all fighting. I'd be like, yeah! <laughs> Absolutely. That really, really cool. I think that's it for all the points on the episode. Lots going on here. I know lots of points were probably missed. Uh, I know John still has his piece of feedback that we're going to drop into the episode in a couple of moments. Uh, Chris, do you have any notes that you want to talk about? Yes. I'm going to I'm gonna bring a controversial note. Very quick one. Okay. So I know the big stairwell fight was our corridor scene showcase action moment for this season. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it was cool. I talked about it. Yeah, it's cool. And it was very much, look what we can do. Yay. And the, the, the chain was amazing. It was it awesome. Was, it was. I actually preferred, to an extent, I don't know if I'd say prefer, it was on par, the fight with the ninja in the apartment. It, it, that was an amazing yeah. fight. Close quarters, Matt in a suit, not in his Daredevil costume. So it felt like you could really see a lot of um, Charlie Cox yeah. in the fight. Uh, I thought it was a fantastic fight. Absolutely. Yeah, no, and I, I think just it was the arrow in his shoulder. I just, mm-hmm. for me, that was. That was a cool Daredevil scene, but it was a Matt Murdock scene fight. Like, it was just... Whoa. Certainly, absolutely great. Yeah, don't, I can't believe I didn't even mention it during the episode. I think I mentioned the end mm-hmm. of it and forgot to mention the, how cool the fight was. Yeah, really enjoyable fight. Yeah. Really loved those kind of scenes. And the only other note I have is basically against the, that young ninja. Uh, he did have a heartbeat, so he wasn't one of our undead ninja. But I was expecting him to, like, to go poof in a kind of flash of smoke and a flash of powder. <laughs> or... Um, uh-huh. When he had his throat cut and he was going down, I was like, he's going to turn to ash. He's like, like, remember like Buffy the Vampire Slayer, the TV show with Sarah mm-hmm. I was expecting that. Like that. That he was going to get dusted. Yeah, d- that's it. Yeah. Awesome. But that's my only <laughs> notes for this episode. I'm sure, as you said, I've missed loads, but. I'm, I'm sure there are tons. There are tons in this episode. Really enjoyable, but I think it's time to get on to our defense for this episode. Chris, I'm sure this is going to be a really easy one for you. Do you defend episode eight of season two of Daredevil? Guilty as sin. I 100%. 110% defend this episode. Um, this is actually, as I said to Derek over, uh, off air um, previously as well, um, this is up there in my top top three, top potentially two episodes of the, the of Daredevil season one and season two date. Wow. Yeah, this wow. is huge for me. And the, this was, it had the fights and the Marvel uh, knowledge and kind of drops. 
Mm-hmm. It used tropes, but used tropes in a way that I didn't care about, which is always a plus for me. Uh, <laughs> a big plus. Uh, it had a car scene. It had ninjas. It had undead ninjas. It oh, God, everything's better with ninjas. Um, so, but yeah, I 100 percent defend this episode. It was just, it was perfect for me. I think that's that's a, that's a tough one, but it was really good. Excellent, excellent. And Derek. Please let me know. I, I get the same feeling, though. I'm, I'm my psychic, spidey senses uh, tingling. Do you defend this episode of Daredevil season two, episode eight? I I absolutely defend this episode. This is a fantastic episode of the show. We're really loving what they're doing with the characters. Love the interplay between Electra and Matt. Having Stick back in the show, he is totally incorrigible. I love his ver- I love his version of the story where he just keeps telling Matt to just shut up and sit down and listen to him. <laughs> um, you know, it's a uh, it's really grumpy old guy, but can still kick ass. Uh, absolutely great. Really enjoyed that. Loved the other side of the house with, with Foggy and Karen and, and Frank Castle. And obviously the big reveal at the end that we're, we're going to see more of Wilson Fisk. I'm so excited to see his plan and see what's going to happen in, in the future episodes. This is, this is this is absolutely excellent. Really, really good. Uh, in the spirit of John, since he's not here, I'm going to give this 4.8 undead ninjas out of 5. Oh, that's a lot of I undead this ninjas. This is pretty high. This is pretty high. Um, we'll see because there's so much in this episode that leads into future episodes. It could actually impact on its score uh, as future episodes either pay off or don't. Um, but I think the amount of promise that comes out of this episode and the amount of stuff that it takes from previous episodes as well really makes it a, an excellent episode. Really enjoyed yeah. it. 100%. And I think with that, it's time to get on with our feedback. As I mentioned at the start of the episode, our first piece of feedback comes from John uh, on his uh, trip to Serbia. John, take it away. Hi, this is John. This is um, my five points for Daredevil, Season 2, Episode 8, Guilty as Sin. Um, I'm away with work again, so this is coming to you live from a hotel room in Belgrade in Serbia. Um, so, welcome. Um, my first point is the Punisher going uh, essentially batshit crazy um, in the courtroom. I really, really like this um, uh, for two reasons. It was both the catalyst of one of my other points uh, of what was to come, but it was also kind of the culmination in the miscommunication between the Punisher and his team uh, and within the team. And I just loved that. I loved how he just really stepped up to the plate and became the Punisher. Like, I can crush you like ants, like flies. This is what I do. I'm proud to do it. I'm right to do it. It was the Punisher in his most uncompromising best. And I really, really liked it. I loved the mayhem it brought to the courtroom scene. For me, this was just really, really cool. And in particular then, as I said, it really just set off a chain of events um, that occurred. And I think that brings me to my second point then, or my next point, which is like, wow, 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 wow. I was like, what? It's the Kingpin. It's Vincent D'Onofrio. It's Wilson Fisk. So many AKAs in there. Um, I just loved this. I was totally out of left field. I hadn't even thought that they would go back to him in prison, that he potentially might be a player. I knew that he was a player in prison in some of the uh, classic, um, I think it's Ed Brubacker, Daredevil 
stories that he wrote and comics that he wrote. So I knew it was always a possibility, but I just didn't think they were going to do it. They kept him so well under wraps. And I thought that was excellent. Um, it really then makes sense. It made sense with the, the dodgy police officer talking to um, uh, Frank Castle and the Punisher in the courtroom. You know, you kind of get this notion that Matt's heard something with his super hearing. But I love the fact then that even with that, he doesn't know it's Wilson Fisk. And we find this out as the Punisher is led into General Pop in the prison and you kind of think that maybe he's going to get a beating uh, in a shower, in one of the cells, out in one of the courtyards, um, as this dodgy police officer takes him uh, down through the, the corridors of the prison. You have other officers turning off the CCTV cameras, and he's finally led out into the courtyard where Wilson Fisk is bench-pressing a hell of a lot of uh, kilos I'm glad you came, effectively. You you listened to me. Now we can start dealing. What is going to happen? Great cliffhanger uh, of an episode uh, to have that at the end. Great to bring back Wilson Fisk into it. Really good to keep him under wraps. I love that. Um, you know, to me, this is like the Christopher Nolan trailer preparation. It's don't give it away. Just don't give it away. It adds so much to the just wow factor, the excitement factor of having this play out in real uh, life without it being spoiled a um, hundred times by seeing it, knowing who's cast and all that. Fantastic. Really great job by by Marvel Netflix. I think this really goes on to then the other um, consequence of that outburst by the Punisher in the courtroom, which is the crumbling relationships in the um, law firm. I just love it. I love the fact that it's still crumbling. It's not just that there were consequences for how Matt was behaving in the last episode, but it's that these consequences continue to play out. It's actually that Matt um, really hasn't taken it on board. So I really, really liked uh, this aspect of, of this episode. Um, I love the fact that you know Karen captures Electra in his bed, okay, in fairness, she's absolutely ill, it's not what it looks like, but it adds to her suspicion. She talks to, about him being essentially a borderline uh, alcoholic uh, who's really can't admit it to himself, she's figuring this out herself. And then with Foggy, you have the crumbling relationship here between these two professionals. And I mean, I loved Foggy's line in the courtroom where he says, you're not here because you're a better lawyer than me. It's so that you can be of use. Stick to the script. Walk him through the, the narrative that we've laid out. You know, he's got um, this, this neurological problem and the, the local law enforcement and DA are corrupt and can't handle it. We, you know, we need this vigilantism. And of course, Matt messes this all up again. You have the outburst from Frank. Foggy is kind of self-righteous going, I knew we should never have taken on this, uh, this case, but I'm glad we failed. But it all backwashes onto Matt totally. Like, this is really good. And it really forces him into <clears throat> Electra's arms more so than uh, because... Uh, of what's going on with his other relationships. It's like being with Electra at the moment is the easy thing to do to some degree. And I think this brings me to my fourth point then, which is Electra. Electra is revealed here. And I love the fact that in that moment where he's returned back from um, the argument with Karen and Foggy around the law courts, that 
he's then attacked in his own apartment and Electra reveals who she is and slits the throat of one of the ninjas from, from the hand. And I mean, I love the fight leading up to it. Um, I love the fact that Matt feels he's got this all under control and she just comes in and opens up the poor kid's throat. And she goes, this is who I am. I must say, I did chuckle to myself quite a bit when she um, kind of said, can we still be together kind of thing? I didn't know whether that was goofy and out of place or or whether it was just a nice touch because it just had this crazy notion um, on, on Electra's face. I mean, all before this, she'd been saying that she basically... And says she no longer wants to be with Stick. She's been with Stick. He's trained him, obviously. You know, this has been revealed to Matt. Matt ultimately has accepted it. And she said, I want to be with you. I want to be different. Um, but in this moment, she says, this is who I am. As she slits uh, the kid's throat. She is an assassin. She is a killer. Um, and she is trained by stick and obviously the guy that we saw right at the end of daredevil season one you know she's part of that group she's part of uh, of trying to prevent this massive uh, mystical like bomb going off in downtown manhattan in hell's kitchen and that's who she is that's who we see and matt is like electra no you know He's just, in a sense, committed himself to her as well. So I thought this was really good because it puts Matt in a real pickle. It really has Electra crazy going, will you still be my boyfriend? Um, which I just thought was hilarious, um, I must say. How she got that expression on it, I don't know. I mean, I loved Electra in this episode. I thought she was... And the, the torment of her was really good, both within herself, but also how she torments Matt. You know, in a sense, his, his better self doesn't want anything to do with her, but there is something inexplicably attractive that he is drawn to in Electra. And it's probably that devil inside himself that he knows he can control. Maybe he enjoys it being, or seeing it being released in Electra. Uh, that kind of uh, projection in a way. And of course, you know, this then brings us to ninjas. Everything is much better with ninjas. Ninja, 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 ninja. Loved it. Absolutely loved it. From the opening fight sequence uh, after <laughs> that they're listening to the rock or, or whatever he threw down the 40-story the hole, as we hear, and um, coming to, to, to land. I just loved where it was like, there it is. And then all of a sudden it was ninja stars. Um, all coming out. Great fight. I love the moment where Matt tells Electra not to kill someone. She's going to be who she is and who she's been trained uh, to be. And that causes her to end up essentially fighting for her life after being sliced open with a poison blade. Really good little uh, conflict um, for Matt there. Having saved a ninja's life he's put the person who he cares about and uh, his partner in that instance in danger. But actually then, who do we get? We get old Stick. Stick comes back and he's still a dick. In fact, dare I say, he's being ever more penisy than ever uh, in this. Fair enough. I think he tells Matt how it is. Um, he's pretty brutal with Electra when she tells him he, she doesn't want anything uh, to do with him. But... Stick is good. He is a great antagonist for me. 
I love how he really just challenges Matt um, when he talks him through the story, the ancient story of the hand being created and revealing that the hand is there. I love the fact that, you know, when he talks about finding the, the object that causes everlasting life and immortality, Matt's dismissive rebuke um, of, of that uh, is immediately countered by Stick with, you're a Catholic, right? Doesn't your belief uh, hinge on your guy coming back to life? I having immortality, everlasting life. So really good uh, little um, jab there back from Stick. I really liked Stick in this. I thought he really added that kind of, you know, annoying um, factor for Matt, which I think has come as well with... Um, with Foggy, I think, you know, Foggy is the thorn in Matt's side at the moment. He's like the rational thorn in Matt's uh, side at the moment, as much as Stick is in terms of the, the the thorn in Daredevil's side as to why he should be being Daredevil. It's not just simply about his city. It's about a greater purpose, whatever it is that the Hand are trying to conjure up from that hole. And um, so, yeah, I mean, for me... Overall, I do defend this episode of, of Daredevil. I would give this really a good four ninja stars out of five. This, to me, had great layering of the storytelling in this episode. It really connected multiple threads here. And for me, back to um, the Punisher's huge outburst. Not only was that a catalyst, as I said, for um, having Wilson Fisk back in um, the show and whatever that's going to result in, which is fabulous, but you had the, you know, the continuing deterioration of the relationships of Foggy uh, and um, and Karen with Matt Murdock. That coupled to Karen seeing Electra and hit Matt's other relationships really being a- another... F- uh, aspect that is developing, but in a really dynamic way that you get Electra pledging to come with him, but then showing her true colours. Karen seeing Electra there in Matt's apartment and, and really maybe precipitating her dismissal uh, of him on the steps of the courtroom and, and saying, you know, I'm done with this bullshit. Uh, you know, we're done. Um, th- this was really great consequences in the personal arena of, uh, of Matt Murdock. And for me, it all came from the Punisher's courtroom outburst. Really, really liked it. And as I say, to top it all off, cherry on top, it had ninjas. So, uh, great, great story for me. Thank you so much for listening. Bye. Those are all of John's thoughts about the episode. Uh, I'm sure he covered a couple of the similar points, but I know he's pulled out a couple of points that uh, that we didn't talk about. Thanks very much for that. Uh, a couple other pieces of feedback that we got in uh, about this particular episode. Claire Laffer says, ninjas, ninjas everywhere. <laughs> but I, I see that much as, you know, that kind of like uh, Toy Story, Woody and Buzz. Ninjas, uh-huh. ninjas everywhere. Exactly, <laughs> exactly. John responded to her saying, ninjas are cool. Ninja stars are very, very cool. <laughs> uh, that was just obvious. <laughs> uh, David Wang says, my memory's a bit rusty about this episode, but is this the episode that ends with Frank in the courtyard? If so, I do not envy any of your positions, dear co-hosts. No siree. Have fun lasting till next week without bursting from not been watching the next episode immediately. <laughs> Thanks very much for that, David. Yes, this uh, the chances of not binging this episode are really, really tough, uh, I must say. Um, 
when we finish this podcast, I think I'm running down straight away to watch it. Yeah, no, I'm, I'm the same. I'm literally, I'm like, I don't mean to be rude, listeners. I just want to get this done quicker now. <laughs> I'm like, we've, <laughs> we've discussed it, people. Come on. I want to see if my, some of my predictions came right. We do love your feedback, obviously. But uh, but yeah, totally understand, Chris. Um, our final piece of feedback comes from Ronaldo, uh, who sent us in feedback to feedback at DefendersTVPodcast.com, just like you can. Just send us an email over there with your detailed thoughts about the episode. He says, hi, guys. We've well and truly delved into the world of the hand in this episode. Ninjas everywhere in the first scene, and it's great to see Stick in action saving the day. Uh, I like Glenn's performance in season one as he portrayed the surliness and assery of Stick straight from the comics. I like the overwhelming feeling created by the endless hand ninjas. As Stick says, there'll be more, there'll always be more. Uh, you get the sense that it's a problem far too big and unrelenting for Daredevil to handle alone, let alone a lecture and Stick. Great point. Yeah, really great point. I, I, I totally understand that. As you mentioned, Chris, when they're all chasing down the, the uh, car in the opening scene of the episode. Um, yeah, it's just hundreds of ninjas everywhere. Uh, and they're they're swarming on the city in, in, in some senses. Yeah, no, I agree. And uh, I, I think he, he really kind of encapsulated going, this is more than Daredevil can handle. He kind of mm-hmm. got his ass nearly whooped by, what was it, four ninjas? Uh, yeah. <laughs> and, one, and one in his apartment. Yeah. And... Nobu last season. He's not. He's not very good with one ninja one on one with him. Um, they 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 take him out pretty. He's going to have to apologize to uh, Stick. Mm-hmm. Possibly. Yeah. <laughs> That'll be an interesting conversation. Yeah. Uh, Ronaldo goes on to say, "I loved Stick's explanation in his own imitable way on how the hand came to be. We are really now starting to get into the mystical, and it just feeds my excite- excitement for the upcoming Iron Fist series. Immortality, Black Sky, the Chaste." Uh, or the cast, the setting up of these legends and tales is something akin to the mythos of the immortal weapons or the deadly hands of Kung Fu, still convinced the hand will play a part in the defenders. The courtroom scene when Matt making a case for Frank was only better by the Punisher's admission to willingly do it all over again. His explosion in court was great by Bernthal, and it's hard to pick who had the better performance in that scene, Charlie Cox's empathetic plea to the jury or Bernthal's outburst. Charlie Cox. Yeah, really, really good point. I didn't even mention Charlie Cox in that scene. He, he did a fantastic um, explanation to the jury of what was ha- what was going on in uh, in Frank's head. I'm wondering did that push him over the edge in some sense as well, where he just went, "I don't want this to be explained away. This is what I do." Yeah. <laughs> <You know>? uh, <laughs> yeah, and again, there was actually even that. That was the there was the the shot take of Foggy. When Foggy mm-hmm. was going, hmm. Yeah, absolutely. And and you're wondering is is uh, is Frank Castle just going, I'm trying to get to prison. Stop trying to save me here. I'm trying to go and meet the kingpin. Do you think that look could have meant that he knew Matt was Daredevil? From the voice? Oh, perhaps. Perhaps. Oh, oh, didn't think about that. That's just popped in my brain. Yeah, I'm going to use that one as my notes. There you go. There you go. Uh, Ronaldo continues saying Electra's choice to side with Matt but her instinct to kill continues to further make her a sympathetic character really enjoying Young's performance in this episode she went from being tender to cold blooded and then to vulnerable effortlessly yeah couldn't have said it better myself Um, definitely and finally he says what I'm sure will be one of the main points of discussion for this episode the big reveal at the end wow I honestly didn't see it coming I thought Frank was being led to the yard to get beat up by some inmates but the moment I saw the dumbbells I thought could it be no way could it really it is so great to have the kingpin back and of course totally makes sense since he's in prison too kingpin versus punisher on screen my childhood dream come true all the best for the cracking podcast. Cheers, Ronaldo. 
Cheers yourself, Ronaldo. Thank you so much for your feedback. Always good to hear from you. And some great thoughts in there. Uh, yeah, totally agree. The, the reveal of, of seeing Wilson Fisk at the end of the episode. Surprising, but totally awesome. Yeah, no, I agree with most of your points and you raised some good ones. I I want to go binge watch, but we're not allowed. Mommy Derek won't stop. So, so guys, please continue to send your feedback in. Um episode on episode because and literally if i have made any predictions correct as of this episode uh hold it on and then send on the 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 feedback and let me know on for so that when we're recording that episode i can go do my Mm -hmm. little happy dance um (laughs) we're gonna need to start i'm gonna need to start marking these down typically i just kind of free flows out um Uh so yeah i think we're gonna need to kind of try and remember all my crazy theories I've, I've remembered a, I've remembered a yeah. few, and I'm interested to see if they come true. Um, but if you want to send us feedback, listeners, as Chris mentioned, you can email us at feedback at defenderstvpodcast.com. Just mark it by the episode number. Uh, if that's all right, that will help me out just uh, just pulling out the feedback before the episodes. And I make sure that you can write the the feedback whenever you want to, and we'll read it on the episode review that we are, that we have. Thanks so much for joining, joining us. Really enjoy uh, sharing the podcast with you and enjoy reviewing these episodes. So uh, So great to have you with us. Yeah, guys, thank you so much. Uh, I'm going to get the last word in and say goodbye because we don't have John in the office with us. <laughs> but before we do, just make sure you subscribe to the podcast by going over to DefendersTVPodcast.com slash iTunes to subscribe on Apple or go to any good or evil podcast catcher and subscribe to us over there by searching for Defenders TV Podcast. Leave us a review on iTunes. It helps other people find the podcast. And of course, we will be back again next week with Daredevil Season 2, Episode 9. And John will hopefully be back in here. Fingers crossed he will be. (laughs) Uh, We will also be doing our full spoiler-filled podcast about Captain America Civil War, uh, as we will all have seen it by next week, hopefully. So uh, we're looking forward to recording our podcast about that, too. But don't worry, when we are recording it, we'll be very, very careful. In the first 20 seconds, we'll just be me screaming spoilers. Literally just the (laughs) word spoilers. (laughs) Exactly. Until then, thank you so much for joining us. We'll talk to you again soon. Thanks, guys. See you soon. Bye. This has been a Flickering Myth Podcast Network production. For more information, head over to flickeringmyth.com for more shows like it. Find this show in iTunes by searching for the podcast name and head over to youtube.com forward slash flickeringmyth to subscribe to the Flickering Myth movie show. We'll see you on the next podcast. Take care. Bye-bye.